All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. The first selection of the National Hockey League Draft belongs to... The Daily Faceoff Podcast comes to you courtesy of the Nation Network. The first overall pick in the 2015 NHL Draft. Gretzky had it, lost it, Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman holding the line, James Scott! Daily Face Off. The Daily Face Off. The Daily Face Off podcast with your host, Brock Sagan. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 31 of the Daily Face Off podcast. The draft kit is done. I'm ready to get back on the Woo. mic. We got Dylan D. Berthium with us coming live from Brantford. How's it going, Dylan D. Berthium? How you doing, Brock? I'm doing good. It's uh, I'm fired up to be done that damn draft kit took forever so hopefully everyone goes and buys it now and to my left chilling on this free couch in front of a ping pong table is michael beebs bonnie beebs how's it going it's going good i just have an extreme temptation to play ping pong since it's sitting in front of me but you know we can wait till after the show it'll be good yeah for sure for sure it's uh, a little disappointing we're sitting here watching the tigers down 5-1 hopefully when uh everybody that listens to this wakes up tomorrow morning the tigers actually have a w six in, five in their back yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a great way to return to the podcast, D. <laughs> Welcome back. Quick beep session. Uh, but anyway, so fantasy hockey is about to get underway, but what did start this week was fantasy football. D, uh, I'm sure you're in a couple leagues. How did your teams perform this weekend? Uh, I broke even across two leagues. Uh, one of them, ha- unfortunately, had Keenan Allen go down first week for the whole season, so that'll be a fun <laughs> hole to try to patch up yeah. my second wide receiver. But you know, it was it's it's great, man. There's honestly as much as I love fantasy hockey and really like delving into the 
what's ifs, ands, or buts of it. Uh, there's nothing like just sitting at home on Sunday and just like fantasy football just all day long. You know what just I mean? All day long. Boom, 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 boom. Red zone here. Took- <laughs> game on the TV here. It's crazy, dude. Information until overload, and I love it. Until ESPN and like their app and their website oh, just crashes God. on opening week, and nobody can do it. <laughs> That's I'm just the actually, classic, dude. Oh yeah, it was so bad though. It was down for like hours. Yeah, no, like the the whole one o'clock games. Yeah, I was saying, and it's like the one week when everyone actually stays cares. on top of their game and or their team and actually cares. Like even like the fifty year old dads who are playing fantasy football. Like week one is their week. <laughs> I feel like they're just freaking out. Like, oh yeah. I uh, I actually got screwed by it because um, this is actually the first time in a long time I'm only in one fantasy football league. I don't know why, but um, kicked you out oh, of the other I ones. think never mind. I was in a league and I went to go put Amir Abdullah in in my flex right before the four o'clock game, and I just literally could not get on ESPN, so I couldn't put him in. So instead, John Brown just ended up still chilling in my flex spot and ended up putting up <laughs> .9 versus Abdul's like 18 points, and I lost by three. So That's ESPN owes me a win. Uh, but Biebs, how'd you do? Um, I was kind of hoping you'd just forget and not ask me. Uh, I had a nice O for week, so I'm still looking for my first fantasy football win. Um, you know, maybe by week three we'll have one. I'm in two leagues. Uh, both of them I went down. The one league my team is just like completely juiced and like I don't even get it. But between Dez and OBJ, I got less than ten points. So yeah, between them both combined. So uh, you know you're gonna lose when that happens. Um, maybe next week my boys will come out. Yeah. So Beebs actually took over a team in our fantasy football keeper league this year, and his two keepers were Odell Beckham Jr. and DeAndre Hopkins, and everybody in the league was just bitching. They're like, oh my god, like this is not fair. This kid just comes into the league, gets the best keepers, drafts like actually a phenomenal team. Everybody thought he was going to just dominate the league, and then just starts the year off just 0-1, just yeah. blows up on Monday Night Football. And- I just I don't want to go undefeated and have people, you know, yeah, call it something. It's not. Flipping it out, yeah. So that's my, that's my strategy. But uh, let's get into fantasy hockey. That's enough about the fantasy football. Uh, hopefully, we all can have a better week two. Yeah, we um, all it, suck. It, it sounds like yeah, it sounds like we went one and three or one and four collectively Come on the podcast. Yeah. So good thing we're a fantasy hockey podcast, not a fantasy football podcast. But oh, yeah. fantasy hockey week one, come at me. I'll have won at least one of my five weeks. Yeah, <laughs> or five teams. So yeah, eventually. Yeah. So you know, the wins are coming. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so let's get into fantasy hockey. So. If you want to win uh, week one in fantasy hockey, your best bet is to probably draft a good team. And the only way to draft a good team is by buying the daily face-off draft kit. The only way. It is the only no, way. No, it is. Right. Yeah. Like, for real, though, $4.95, does it get any cheaper? Like, it doesn't. I don't think it does. Actually, I looked around today, and it doesn't. Like, it's a fact. It's the cheapest draft kit that there is out there. Yeah. But don't be fooled. It's not, oh, it's not no. cheap content. It's, oh, no. Sure. I tweeted out the other day. Literally, it's like drafting Artemi Panarin in the 14th round or Evgeny Kuznetsov in the 14th round last year. It's a steal. Nice. Four ninety five. Yeah. I know Absolutely. you two picked up a couple issues, so. Yeah, I bought two just because I felt bad for you so. thanks man yeah. yeah we sell them for way too cheap you should buy two that's what everybody <laughs> should do i pdf'd one and gave it to a friend who you know Perfect. struggles with the the fantasy hockey aspect of life so you know <laughs> my dad even buys one it's hilarious I'm like thanks dad i could have sent you the link but thanks, <laughs> thanks. for supporting thanks for supporting your son day in and day the whole time he's complaining about it he's like here's five more dollars i'm never getting back yeah i'm giving you brock <laughs> The best is that he still loses to me every year in fantasy hockey. <laughs> well, everyone should lose to you every year in fantasy hockey. Yeah, it's but, true. Yeah. 
Right, D? Like, if someone's going to... No, know, actually. If you're the guy who, who runs the Fantasy Hockey website, you should never lose. No. There's a little... Like, like there's not a, a, like a happening in the NHL that goes on without Brock being aware of it, so I, I'd have to agree. <laughs> I do take home a, a few championships. It's hard to win every league, but uh, it's funny... Uh, my sister actually just moved to Toronto and she just started her new job the other day at some restaurant in downtown Toronto and she goes in for like kind of her first shift and the guy who's like interviewing her or whatever like the manager is like so are you related to Tyler Segan <laughs> and, and like for whatever reason my sister just like looks at him and goes no but I'm related to Brock Segan he runs dailyfaceoff.com and apparently the <laughs> guy just like yeah, the guy apparently flipped out. Was like, "Oh my god, are you kidding me? Like, I actually love that site. I use it every single day." He's god like, "I envy your brother. He's got the best job ever." And I'm like, "What are the chances?" Oh, it's funny. I'm like, Madison, like, why would you even say that to the guy? But so she got the gig for sure. Oh yeah, she she got she got the job and on the spot. He I'm sure she'll get preferential treatment. Yeah, yeah. She'll probably get asked to be like in her, in his uh, the work fantasy hockey league this year, and then I'll have her go on the team and just because <laughs> he wants to beat, see who you're beat, picking up. Yeah, yeah, beat the guy up a little bit, but uh, yeah, I was like, well, you should never compare me on the same level to Tyler Segan. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> thanks for you know, I must be a good big brother because she thinks about me obviously pretty highly. <laughs> but uh, anyways, I just want to let everybody that's listening know if they haven't bought a draft kit yet, you can get it um, either through Twitter. I tweet about it like four or five times a day. Yeah. Uh, my apologies for that. Or you, you directly through the Daily Faceoff website, or you can go just straight to the Nation store. Uh, four ninety five. I think it works out to be in five dollars and twenty cents after taxes. Uh, inside the draft kit, you're gonna have uh, projections, like detailed projections for over three hundred skaters and goalies. We got season previews for all thirty NHL teams. We got positional rankings. We got top two seventy five rankings. In-depth articles uh, that break down this year's rookies, this year's potential breakout candidates, this year's sleepers, this year's busts, um, trustworthy goalies, who's your safest bets in net, which is a good article uh, written by the guy who runs NHL numbers, Cam Lewis. Uh, and then actually probably my favorite article I've ever wrote uh, is in it. It's called The Perfect Draft. I actually kind of stole it from a guy at ESPN. He did it uh, like kind of the perfect draft for fantasy football. And so I decided Straight to do what the... One. Yeah, I give him I gave him credit. I can't remember his name, but I give him credit in the article. Enough to know. Um, but it actually was cool. Like when I was reading, it actually was an interesting read for fantasy football, and I use it going into the draft. So I tried to kind of share it for, through fantasy hockey, um, and it's just kind of like a round by round breakdown of who I the ideal targets would be in that round, and yeah. kind of look at who you could draft in each round that would make up who I think is the perfect. Uh, 2016-17 fantasy hockey team. Uh, but anyways, four dollars ninety-five cents. Get your copy of the draft kit. I guarantee it'll help you. Um, tons of projections and everything that'll help you on draft day. But boys, before we start really diving into this year's uh, fantasy hockey uh, episode, we are gonna look at the World Cup. Uh, there's been a ton, a ton of coverage through these uh, pre-tournament games. The, Team North America, everybody seems to love these guys. Uh, but I just want to talk about the World Cup of Hockey before it gets underway uh, this Saturday. So what I want to know, boys, is uh, who's going to be in the semis, who's going to be in the finals, who ends up winning it, and who ends up being the tournament MVP. Um, for those of you that don't know, Group A consists of Canada, Czech Republic, Europe, and USA. Group B has Finland, Team North America, Team Russia, and Sweden. So, D, we'll start with you. Who will be the four teams that make it to the semis? Seems uh, the balancing of these groups seems a little bit off, eh? 
Yeah, yeah definitely. Just a little like bit. Like with uh, I don't think I don't think I don't think a lot of people anticipated uh, the under twenty three team looking so much better than the scraps of Europe team. Yeah, but that's they really kind beat them up pretty good. So <laughs> and then you got Czech, who's probably like the worst team in the tournament, right? Has to be. Yeah, yeah. Typically. Um. So I think Canada and the U.S. like should have no problem making it out of that group. And yeah, it's just, just given my. Uh, Given my patriotism and the fact that Canada handled the USA pretty easily uh, this week in the exhibition games, I'd imagine Canada's going to come out on top of that group. Yeah, so, that was a crazy. That the, like that first exhibition game was crazy. They ended up splitting it though. Yeah, didn't I was going to say, didn't they lose one? They yeah. lost the first one. Yeah, I think. they lost. Yeah, but then they won the second. But that first one was crazy. Like there, it was Shea Weber dropping the gloves. Yeah, it was so physical for an exhibition game. Like it's going to be crazy. In a tournament that like isn't supposed to matter. Well, you know what? Yeah, the yeah, exhibition games funny. to mean that much. That it's funny, like how they're calling them exhibition games, but like isn't the whole tournament like an exhibition? Like it's mm-hmm. just for show, right? It doesn't really exhibition matter. of the exhibition. Yeah, I can't so. believe how many like pre-tournament <laughs> games funny. there are. I thought like there'd be like yeah. one, and then you get in the tournament. Like they're like they're playing like a, a tournament yeah, before everyone the plays, tournament. Uh, everyone plays a home and home, with, or not a home and home, but everyone's playing two games against one team, right? They all buddied up. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then they have a third. But like, game. why is Canada? Why did Canada play someone from their group? Canada plays Russia too tomorrow. Yeah, they play. Yeah, they, they all have oh, a really? game too. Yeah, there's. I don't know shit. I, I think there's. I think there's exhibition games up till Thursday, I believe, and yeah. then they go, and then the tournament starts Saturday. But it's just, it it's like especially when you see the exhibition game being that physical, like you, you got to think that these uh, NHL GMs are just sitting there watching their TVs, just cringing, like seeing how physical just the exhibition games See, are. Ryan and Kessler what? just run people from behind. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. our guy. I mean, yeah. so someone's going to get hurt, traded. man. Oh, like, for sure. Like, literally, like, inevitable to happen. Like, just the well, odds yeah, are someone's going to get hurt. Marion Hosa got hurt, but apparently it wasn't too serious. We've had a couple yeah. of guys already get minor injuries. but So you have Canada and USA coming out of Group A. D, who do you got coming yeah. out of Group B? Uh, you know, I, I'd like to see north america come out i just think like russia and sweden just have such a strong history at, at international play um and like as much as this tournament like doesn't mean anything we know like those european countries like love to suit up and represent their country any chance they especially get especially like more when so it is it, than we see especially in when canada, it's in canada in yeah yeah Sorry, or, like russia especially right so you're good no um so i i, I just like i really can't imagine I like I can see them giving Russia a run for their money. Sweden I think is probably going to handle them pretty easily. So I got uh Russia and Sweden with uh Sweden being the the one seed and Russia being the two seed. Okay, Beebs, how about you? What do you what's your uh, semifinals looking like in the World Cup of Hockey? Uh mine's looking awfully similar. I have Canada meeting Russia as the uh Canada the A1 and Russia being the B2 and then I have Sweden yeah. taking that one playing US. And uh, the reason why, I mean, under-23 team, they look great. They look phenomenal. But if you look at the intensity, we talked about it. The intensity in that under-23 game is half, if not uh, three-quarters less than what's going on in Canada, U.S., Russia, um, Czech, and Sweden in the Finland game. Those teams just they, – they, you can tell that one team's playing for their country and one team's playing for a showing. And I think it's going to come down to a bunch of heart and a bunch of guys winning because they're playing for Russia, they're playing for Sweden, instead of a bunch the of The crest on the playing. chest means a little more than one that was mocked up. Like exactly. That's just what it seems ago. like. They showed even, even the battles in front of the net between Canada and U.S. and then that under-23 game. And that under-23 game uh, versus Europe, it was almost like they, were, they said trading chances. And mm-hmm. in the Canada one, they were battling for chances. So yeah. I see them coming in and not even being prepared for what's coming physically for 
for them because this is going to be a very physical tournament. But um, uh, but I definitely see it turning out that way. Um, well, just by the way we've seen things happen, I could see it being a lot more more, more physical than planned, I guess. More physical than expected, I yeah. suppose. Um, for me, obviously, I think Canada USA. Like we didn't even really have to ask that question. They're the clear cut favorites in Group A. Yeah. Obviously, I'm taking Canada to be the uh, the one seed there. Not gonna just knock them down to two behind the US because that would just be super upsetting. Um, and then in unintelligent, dumb. yeah. In Group B, I actually like it's funny because I I think that team. Like this under twenty three team North America team, I think that like the hype is just so high because they did look so good, but they also played probably the worst team in the tournament or the second worst yeah. team in the tournament. So it's it is gonna be quite the test to see them go up against the Russias and the Swedens and the Finlands. Yeah. Like they, they got a crazy amount of so skill. So tough. Though, yeah. I actually have them be in second place in that division. Uh, they, I think no, they're gonna move on to the semis. Like they are, they're deep, man. Like it's just Brock does they, love they, their captain. Too, yeah, more no, they actually the, are really good. Like the, the youth really is just such a big deal too. Like, and they do you know kind what? of seem like they care. Like they're they're like oh, trying for sure. to just to show that they can do it. You know what I mean? If and, anything, I think they might like. I understand where Beebs is coming from in terms of playing for your country and pride, but at the same time, the the under twenty three team is coming in with such a big chip on their shoulder, right? They're yeah. trying to prove that the young kids can do it. That they might yeah. care more than these teams. Like it's not like this right. is the Olympics, right? This is just just another kind of exhibition, like we said. But I think that they might come out. I don't think they're going to be the best team in the division or the best yeah. team in the tournament. But I think that they might be able to, you know, steal a couple wins and make it into the semis. Um, and then I have uh, Russia going through. Uh, Sweden obviously is is unreal. Um, but we saw them go to the finals in the Olympics, and you know I don't want to give them all any more credit. Uh, than they deserve. So I'm um, hopefully they get knocked out and US or sorry the under 23 team can sneak through. And then in the finals, um, I have Canada and the under 23 because might as well go all the way. Um, Bar <laughs> down nice. actually ran a nice. simulation of the tournament on the new NHL 17, and the under 23 went to the finals and beat Canada. Um, in my case, though, That's obviously dope. I have Canada winning it it's all with uh, honestly my if they were playing. MVP. If it got to that point, I would go for the, the under twenty three for sure. Oh yeah, I'm gonna be cheering so hard for them in every like. I would love to see them beat Finland, Russia, and Sweden. Be unreal. It's I'm I'm pumped or not in Canada's division. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, they probably did that on purpose, right? Like they're not in Canada or US's, and then like Europe, the team Europe only has to play Czech. Yes, yes. Uh, but Beebs, who do you have going to the finals, and who's winning it? Um, I have Sweden taking it. I just. Uh... I don't know. I like that team a lot. I like, I like their defensemen. Anyone who can bring out Carlson and Oliver ekman Larson. I mean, Canada can do the same thing. So it's kind of, you just toss teams in a hat and you pull one yeah. at that point. Is that what you did? Um, actually, yeah. It was a cup <laughs> that I tossed it in, so not a hat. But um, yeah, so I, I have Sweden winning um, and, and Henrik Lundqvist I have leading them the way. Um, and then as my MVP, I have Oliver ekman Larson. Again, him or Carlson. Toss up, put him in a hat, choose one. But uh, I have Sweden. I don't want to see it. I would love to see Canada win. I would love to see under twenty three win. I love those jerseys. But, eh? oh. uh, I, I love all the jerseys personally. I think like the the what they've done to all eight of them is just kind of it's cool. It's, it's a nice different change of pace and gets me going as a jersey fan. Yeah, for I love sure. That. D, who do you got? Uh so I got Canada versus US in the finals, and then I got Canada winning with yeah, you do Jamie Ben as tournament MVP. I have I like Tyler Segan as my MVP. Nice. Jeez, I just great nice. last name. Well, yeah. I just picked like a half decent forward who might just show up, you know. If halfway decent. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say if Jamie Ben's halfway, only half decent. decent. 
<laughs> he's half decent on, NRA the, guy. on Canada, yeah. I actually just realized, though, that I said that Canada would be number one in their pool and under-23 would be number two in their pool. And then I also had the meeting in the finals, which would be physically impossible. Yeah, I was going to say that can't. But that's okay. I just looked at my sheet, and I was just like, that's not possible. So I guess Canada's going to have to beat somebody other than the under-23, either USA or Russia. But either way, Canada's winning the tournament. Tyler Seagan MVP. Let's get into the whole meat of the show, though. Um, So this is going to be the first episode um, in our positional breakdown. So today we're going to start with centers. Our next episode will go left wing, then right wing, then defense, then goalie. So our next, this episode and then our following uh, four episodes will be positional breakdowns. Uh, What we're going to do is we're going to give you our top 10 at each position. Um, We're going to give you our top breakout player at each position. Uh, One player that's outside the top 10 that we feel is a must-own on draft day. Um, A top sleeper at each position. Outside our own top 10s, right? Yeah, outside our own top 10s, correct. Um, Top bus at each position and top rookie at each position. Um, In this case, because it centers and Austin Matthews seems to be everyone's clear-cut uh, rookie of the year favorite. We're, we're going to say uh, our favorite rookie center not named Austin Matthews. Uh, but D, why don't we go back to you? I want to know who's your top 10 centers heading into the 2016-17 season. How do you want me to do this? You just want me to, to ramble Just them rattle off? them off, yeah. If you have a little bit to say about them, that's cool too. We, have, we, we love insight, right? <laughs> All right, so uh, I guess I'll start with my top three. Uh, I went Crosby as number one, which I think will probably be unanimous. It was probably the mm-hmm. easiest part of doing this top ten. Um, just with how consistent he is, and now that he's been you know relatively healthy the last few years, like the his, he basically has a floor of eighty points, which is pretty ridiculous. Um, so like, there's no one who's really going to touch that. Like, it, like any, anyone argument that you can make for over Crosby, I feel like you're arguing for a best case scenario for them. So you know yeah. what I mean, like. Like yeah, he, his floor is so high. Yeah, and I, I've said this before, but I'm gonna say it like you, you can't, you're never gonna win a league in the first round of a fantasy league draft, but you no. can definitely lose a league because you you just need to get like what your expected value with that first pick, pretty much. Well, I think about last year, anybody that kind of saw the carry price from the year prior and takes carry price in the first round last year, and exactly if he goes down. Your whole team is in so much trouble. Right. Well, you, you just like think about who, the, like say. I don't know, Melkin and Pavelski went around those picks last year. Like, those are, yeah. like, now, like, the, you know, those two guys who draft right next to you have uh, plus 70 points on you, and you have nothing to show for it. So, that that's just what I mean by, like, you know, you can definitely lose a league in the first round. Yeah, like, Crosby is such a safe first overall pick. Like, you can't, right. instead of reaching for somebody else. D, before, sorry, before you continue with your next, uh, the rest of your top 10. So, of course, timing is everything, and... This isn't even radio in the podcasting business. We could edit it out, but what's the point? So as you were rattling off uh, your top three, I just got an update on my phone. Stars forward Tyler Segan could miss World Cup with knee injury. <laughs> so, so right after I mention him so as Rock's my MVP is my already done. MVP no. He is gone. Um, but sorry, just thought I would mention that. You continue, D. Who's uh, number two on your center's list? Tyler Sagan. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I figured so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's funny. Um, you know, so I definitely did this before I knew Sagan had a potential knee injury. <laughs> but uh, I'm just going to go off that like he's fine. Uh, the rationale here is since joining the Stars three years ago, there really hasn't been like anyone as productive or on that 
point for kind of you know what we're talking about right here he's mm-hmm. got racked up 234 points in 223 regular season games with the stars uh he's playing on one of the league's best power plays uh the same idea i just think he has a safer and higher floor than any center not named Sidney crosby in this draft i think there's obviously a chance uh mcdavid and a few others could outproduce sagan this year but like i said the safe floor is the reason i take sagan you can't win a fantasy league in the first round right so come on guys like (laughs) it's sagan um and after that i have mcdavid and i just think like as as good as mcdavid is and as good as he looked last year in the limited time that he played he was a point per game i still think like he could theoretically take a step forward in his development and not be productive as two or three guys ahead of him um but i i you know what i mean like 75 80 points i think should still be seen as like a step in the right direction even if it's like on the same point per game pace just like over a full season he still hasn't played a full 82 game season i think like the one thing about mcdavid like that that's kind of like what everybody says though it's like we're still obviously expecting a full season of him, you know, what could happen, but he just seems to go above and beyond every single time you see him do something. It's just like so exceptional. It's like you want to just kind of think that maybe he is just like the 75 point player, but then all of a sudden you, you watch him and he just does something out of this world. And it's like, man, this guy is in a league of his own. Like he, he's, he, it, the eye test, he looks like he's on Sidney Crosby level, Yeah, but a full season, we got to see, you know, how it pans out, I guess. It's, well, yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's, like, the unanimous top pick for, on this list for us next year. You know what I mean? But Yeah, for sure. There's just... It's, it's, yeah, it's just the floor. Like, that's all That's all I'm saying again. For like, sure. And he, he, obviously, like, he, you know, one year of seeing Connor McDavid, I mean, he missed a, a half the season. That's going to scare a yeah. lot of people away. He's going to be, honestly, the most intriguing draft pick in every single draft, right? Yeah. Because if... One one league he might fall to to five, to five or six or seven. One league he might go first overall. It's just like it, it, whatever draft you're in, it it, it all. It's really yeah. It it's really hard to peg like what he can really put up right now in 82 games. If you were yeah. to play 82 games, it's like, funny because in my mind, it's anywhere from like 65 to 95 points. So that's kind of yeah. It's, <laughs> it's really hard, and that's why it, I kind of just have him at three. Where like I feel crazy. like you know Sagan's coming in with at least 70 points. Yeah, the only thing I'd have to say about Segan is there's some minor durability concerns. I mean, he's missed 10 games each of the last two seasons, but I mean, that's still nothing, you know, crazy. No, yeah, that's just a small injury. Like, that's, you know, that that was honestly whether or not... They they happen. Yeah, they're like, those concerns exist with every pick you make, if we're talking 10 games or so, right? Like that's It's crazy because McDavid was the same way last year. Like, he, uh... Like, some drafts you'd see about it on Twitter. Like, I know I got... I took a lot of heat last year for having him rated as a a first-round pick. And I, I know I took him in the first round in all my drafts. And then he looked like he was a real first-round pick. I mean, the production-wise, point-per-game-wise, he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some drafts, I you know, I was getting tweets that he was dropping into, like, the seventh round last year, which is just insane. Uh, but, D, why don't you rattle off your next seven guys uh, in your top ten centers? Uh, I got Tavares and Melkin rounding out the top five. And then Stamkos actually dropping a six with Giroux, Backstrom, Kuznetsov, and Getzlav rounding it out, respectively. It's crazy because Stamkos is another one of those guys that's such an interesting pick this season. Right. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, he, last like, year he was like on the cover of the of the Daily Faceoff draft kit. Like, who do you take number one? Is it Crosby? Is it Ovechkin? Or is it Stamkos? Like, known as probably the most the, the purest goal scorer in the NHL, and then all of a sudden, kind of like a down year where he had a ton of uh, 
off the ice things going on, right, with the contract and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could easily bounce back this year and win the Rocket. Like, he's yeah. dro- he's going to drop in drafts to the Definitely. point where he's going to even become like – if you get him at the end of the first round or start of the second round, like, it's, he could be such a steal. a steal. Yeah. Such a steal. No, like, absolutely. This is still – it's crazy. Like, even when I was doing my rankings and stuff, I was like – you know, it's hard to rank him above some of these guys, but it's like you want to so bad because of what he can do. Right. The reason I have him here, and like when I did do like my first kind of like uh, just like like okay, who are the top ten centers, and like wrote it out. Like he was, I had him at spotted at three, I think. Mm-hmm. And the reason I dropped him down, like obviously he's one of the best goal scorers, if not the best goal scorer in the league. Probably Ovechkin has something to say about that. His yeah. shot totals actually went down last year, which is really troubling to see. Like he had. Uh, let me see if I can find it. He had 268 shots in 2014-15, which is pretty st- like Stamkos standard, mm-hmm. and then 216 last year. Um, like his percentage was fine, but there's actually just there was there was a decrease in volume of shots, which is kind of troubling. Uh, it's a little less hard. That's kind of like you see that trend kind of continue year to year a lot more than you would see just the drop in shooting percentage. Right, for sure. Uh, like if he can reverse that effect, obviously, like I think he moves back into the top three here. If he can be plus two fifty shots again, but his potential, honestly, at this point when we're talking like this elite, elite level of centers, I just think his potential is capped by the fact that he just he doesn't seem to be able to get more than thirty assists. You know, yeah. like we haven't seen that in like five or We've six. We've seen years. those assists drop off for yeah. sure. Right. So even if he has a nice bounce back year, let's say he scores ten more goals than he did last year, then he's got forty five goals and at best thirty assists. So we're talking seventy five points. And, you know, some leagues, like, we talk that goals are more valuable, and they are, but some leagues, they're really not. Like, some leagues, the only thing you can really get an extra boost out of is game-winning goals and maybe shorthanded goals, which yeah. Sam Coase isn't. The goals, are harder to, like, the goals are harder to find, which helps boost his value, but, I mean, when you're, when right. you're capping out at 30 assists, you, right. so a guy, I'm saying, a guy like, who has the 30 goals and 50 assists yeah. against these yeah. guys who seem like safe 70-point guys. Like, it seems like, you know, if yeah. you thing that does like, boost a 40-goal season, which is five more than he had, you know, so... Uh, one I thing know. I do like about Stamkos this year is he finally has a winger in Druin who it looks like he could play with. He's never yep. really had one. And Druin's like been known as such a good playmaker too. That's where well, I he had St. Louis, right? And then forward. that's when he had his 50 goal seasons. So. Yeah, exactly. So it could, you know, like Druin could turn into his Help him back up. part too. Yeah, definitely. I, I just, to me, like I, I, I want to look further into it to see maybe why his shot total dropped so significantly. But that's kind of troubling for me to see. Like he, we're used to seeing him at the top of that category. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, so. I kind of have the no. I have the exact same um, top ten. We'll just jump over mine quickly. Um, I, I say, well, not the exact same top ten, but the same top five, other than just Stamkos, Tavares, and kind of for the same reasons. Um, like I mentioned, I think he has Drew in there now, so I think that could push him above Tavares. And I do like the goals category, but as you mentioned, it depends on your league. Some leagues, like you said, it, it only makes a difference for one category, and if that's all that you're getting out of that from a first rounder, it might not be worth it. But if you are getting a bit more, mm-hmm. if you're getting the power play goals, you're getting the game-winning goals, you're getting stuff like that, I think it kind of boosts him up to that four slot. He's such a big question mark, but I do like how the Lightning are kind of evolving around him and becoming coming up to his standard. It used to I think so much of last coast. year was that contract stuff. Yeah, like It's absolutely. so such a big burden to go out there and play and with he every day. It wasn't 100% healthy. I mean, yeah, they diagnosed the tumor or whatever exactly it was when they did, but that, that was still something that he had. For sure. Blood clot. Him and who knows, or blood clot, that's what it was. Sorry, yeah. tumor's way worse. But, um, tumor's significantly yeah, worse. Significantly worse. Well, um, you know, depending. But, yeah. but yeah. you still, like, you know, that blood clot, that's not something that that, that day they found it and it was the first day. No, there. but blood clots are not easy to deal with on a day-to-day basis. So who knows what he's going through before that. that right, and something. Yeah. And, like, there's got to be some mental wear, too, because there's, there's some risk when you're playing uh, sports that 
uh, like uh, putting your body to that big of a a test or for lack yeah. of a better word, uh, when you have a blood clot, like there's extra risk, right? And I'm yeah, sure that weight that. on his and mind. And then he also, like we mentioned, he has that contract on his mind that he's got the he's got the blood yeah. clot, which at the time yeah. he probably has no clue what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean everything else but hockey was probably on this guy's mind last year, <laughs> right? So. And he still had a good year. Yeah, and he still yeah, he was like, still really good. Yeah, but it's just like when we're talking about like Tavares, I I think like we talked a, f- a couple times about how bad Tavares was doing last year. He had a couple elongated cold streaks and still managed to get out seventy points. I think he had like 30, 33 goals, 37 assists. Yeah. So like uh, a lot of goals for a guy that didn't score for like t- a couple 20 game stretches, mm-hmm. I believe, uh, took us like took a small step back in terms of point production because of that. But like, I- I'm really looking for something more in line with the 86 point season he had two years ago. Yeah. And I honestly still don't think we've seen the best of John Tavares. I'm pretty sure I talked no. him up a bit last year, but yeah. you know, uh, I like I I do think this is a guy who could have a career year this year. And then Melkin, the only reason I have him above Stamkos is because, uh, you know, Brock's probably going to talk about this too. But he has some of the best point per game rates in the league. Oh yeah. The and one thing that makes me nervous about Tavares is the loss of Ocposo. I know we talked about how yeah, Tavares pushes Ocposo's value more than the other way around, but um, I just don't think like you know the you know whoever it may be, they do have a lot of capable wingers out there, but just. I, None of them are on Ocposo level, I don't think. Like, I mean, Andrew right. Ladd's a quality player, but right. the loss of Ocposo might less and less together the last few years. Too. No, last year since for sure, the lockout, since the but lockout it's... season. But yeah, but just yeah. Like, it's, it's, losing it's, it's a guy that you've played. Away and stuff yeah. like no, that. I hear you. It's Ocposo it's legitimate. Away. I always believe Tavares is a guy who can like far oh, and away carry sure. offense on his own. So oh, I, I just sure. I've always expected more from Tavares than what he's actually given to this point. Even like, I mean, aside, I guess eighty six points is pretty good. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, but then I have uh, my six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Is uh, I got so after John Tavares, I got Claude Giroux. Um, I just really think you know it's kind of a guy who always seems to start slow. What if he doesn't start slow? That'd be great to see. It's be different. With, he's playing with Canada, so I hope he uh, he comes out of the gate hot there. I've got uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov at seven. I just think uh, you know he's this is you called him as a breakout last year. I think he could even he did break out. He mm-hmm. had a phenomenal year, but he can even break. I mean. He guy gets ten more points. That's a it's a breakout year in itself, but that's even better, and that's just that's significant value. Um, I've got Malkin at eight again, as D mentioned. His point production is always there. He's one of those guys. He just shows up consistently. I'm just a little worried with uh, you know it was a long season last year. He's playing for Russia this year at the at the World Championships. I mean, or at the uh, World Cup of Hockey there. I mean, who knows if Malkin can last? Uh, <laughs> again, who knows if anyone could last? Um, finally, I got nine. I got Ryan Getzlaff. He's playing with Corey Perry. Um, this is the same case as Claude Giroux. He started off super slow last year. I remember talking about the time when he had one goal and it was yeah. Like the oh goal. my god. Um, so Getzlav again. He's going to be playing high high level with um, with the team Canada up there. He's going yeah. to. I think he's going to. You know what? Start start the year mid season form Ryan Getzlav, which is what you're kind of looking for and what you really want from him. He was so strong down the stretch slow. too, like exactly. one of the best centers in the league down the stretch. Yeah. So you got to hope well, he can do that for as equally equally as bad as his first half was, his second half was that much equally better. Good. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he and, shot just 7.3% last year too. Um obviously just, because yeah, of the gonna, start just totally yeah. dropped him back. He's a career 12%. And yeah, I'm with you on this one. Like I think the ins- the assists are always there with Getz Lab. Like he's always Right around forty last 50 season, assists. fifty assists. Yeah, like so that they're gonna be there, and any sort of bounce back at all, and that shooting percentage should uh, push him up closer to seventy points. So I, that's why, yeah, I had him right at the end there too. Sorry, before you continue, Beebs, I have actually Getzlaff's numbers in front of me here. Um, finished the season with forty points, ten goals, thirty assists in his final forty-two games. Yeah, which is yeah. pretty. If he can give you that all year, I mean, I would slide him right in there. And he can. He's yeah, he's super capable center. of that. 
Absolutely. I mean, he still has the legs. He's, what, only 30? Getzlaff's an interesting guy because he th- he's one of those guys, you know, the Giroud, the Backstroms, that you know the assists are there. But he's shown so much potential to be, you know, a 30-plus goal scorer, too, in the past, which is, like, more often than not, he's not there. But he has done it in the and past, which is, makes yeah. him... So he kind of drops later than he should, just but the potential like he has, like he from year to year, every year I feel like Getzlaff goes kind of underdrafted, like he's undervalued. Yeah, and if yeah. balding is a stat in your in your league, then, oh my god, then he's gonna take that full out. So. Oh no, my he's just god, bald first now, dude. The man, he's yeah, done balding. He's already done the balding. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe we haven't seen him on like a for just for men's commercial. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then sorry, who's your number ten? Uh, my final is uh, Brock's favorite player ever. Not um, ever. Favorite player ever. Actually, no, it's Connor McDavid. But it's uh, Ryan Johansson. Um, I think he just, I mean, how much hype did we have for this guy last year? We were coming in blazing hot. Ryan Johansson going to be the next best player in the league. Um, he so, still be good. So I really true. like his situation in Nashville. I like Philip Forsberg. I like yep. PK stepping in. You know, I, I, I like it all. So I, uh, I definitely put him top 10 there. And uh, he's going to round out my bunch. So it's over to me, eh? Yeah, you gotta close my, us. My skip. my turn here. Do you wanna? Are you sure you wanna expose this draft kit material without? No, yeah, it's 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 time. Okay. It's time. Uh, so obviously everybody's top ten is gonna look fairly similar. Uh, you know, if you want to get the rest of my rankings, you're gonna have to buy the draft kit. But my top ten is I got Sidney Crosby at one. Uh, for pretty much all the reasons that we've already stated, a uh, guy leads the league in points almost every single year. Um, back in the day, I was a little harder on him than I have been recently just because of the injury concerns. Uh, but he's only missed a combined nine games in the last three seasons. So all that stuff seems to kind of be behind him. Uh, he leads the league Thank with God. 273 points over that three-season stretch. Uh, so he'll be the first player off the boards in a lot of leagues. Uh, and for a good reason, my number two is Connor McDavid. Um, not surprising to me that I have him higher than anybody else. Uh, but he did, you know, he started the year 12 points in his first 13 games. Uh, ended up finishing the year with 48 points, 16 goals, 32 assists in 45 games. So outstanding point per game numbers. And I honestly think, uh, realistically, McDavid could challenge uh, for the Ross Trophy in his sophomore season. Uh, he just, you know, as as easy as it is to look at how stable somebody's floor is, like a Segan or a Tavares, um, it's the ceiling that you're really looking for, especially in a first round pick. I think uh, <laughs> you're just giving the exact opposite of us. Yeah, total opposite of what. But it's true. Well, like it's not like he doesn't have it's a stable not true. floor. It's just two ways of looking at it. I yeah, think. like I mean, like a I guy mean, the that floor is there, but you know, it, I think injury concerns it's not as, are, it's, are as viable and legit with Connor as anyone else. You know, like oh for sure, it. absolutely. How many years or how many games did he miss his last year in junior, right? And then last year too. He still so. does have a teenage body. Oh yeah, I mean, he's literally he's getting knocked around by adults until he gets a little bit bigger. I just think that the fact that like, yeah. like I mean, and you can say the same for Tyler Segan, who's my number three. He could challenge for the Art Ross as well. Yeah. Like, of course he could. Uh, I just have it, it's just a touch better. I have actually McDavid. Uh, I'm gonna bust out in here and say it. You hear heard it here first if you didn't already buy the draft kit. But I have McDavid projected for 28 goals, 63 assists, 91 points, uh, which is one short of Sidney Crosby's That's 92 so points. So. Connor McDavid coming at you second overall this year. Uh, as I said, Tyler Segan, um, not my sister's brother, uh, but still a pretty decent hockey player. <laughs> not my um, sister's brother. <laughs> 
whatever, like minor, minor health issues with him. But year to year, he's been as strong over the last couple seasons as anybody. Uh, my number four is John Tavares. Again, guy, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you, as both of you. Still looking for more out of Tavares. Yeah. Um, Show me something, John. He's, yeah. He always looks so good on Team Canada and stuff, too, that then, well, until he breaks his leg. And then yeah. you see him go. It's and, like, that's a pretty good team around him, too. Like, it's not like he's playing with a bunch of chumps. Uh, it's a playoff team. Expecting more. Five, I got Stamkos. Um, his 79 goals over the last two seasons is second only to Ovechkin. But uh, his it's worth noting, as you mentioned, D, the assists are down. Um, over those two seasons, he has only 57 assists, which is tied for 104th in the NHL. So obviously he's a tremendous goal scorer, second overall, but assist-wise, way, way down. So obviously there's a lot of upside goal-wise, but still the assist just... It's, it's which struggling. is weird. It's just yeah. weird to say because like you're playing with the Drouins, the Kucherovs, Tyler Johnson, Headman. Like it's a lot of talent. You think you'd pick up, you know, more than 30 assists, but whatever. It's uh, weird. Guy who it's just, like yeah, it's a trend we've seen from him though. Like he yeah. he was Lowen's topping like 40, pushing 50 assists right like, in his first few years in the league. So yeah, it's weird, but who knows? It's just there's nothing you can really you can't point to it being one thing or another. It's just something that's happening and it's kind of unexplainable. Uh, but some guy who does pick up a boatload of assists is Claude Giroux, who I have as my number six. Uh, from 2010 to 2014, Giroux leads all players in the NHL with uh, 303 points, second overall in that time with 209 assists. Guy is extremely consistent year to year. Great team around him. Well, I wouldn't say great, but I mean. Playing with a guy like Wayne Simmons, who's a fairly consistent 30-goal scorer. Voracek, Brady A lot of Shen. offensive skill on the squad, for sure. Yeah, they can score goals. Giroux can pick up uh, assists in bunches. Another guy who can do the oh, same wow. is Nicholas Backstrom. Uh, it was weird because last year we saw Backstrom play less with Ovechkin than we're used to seeing. But mm-hmm. even their second line has a ton of firepower. Uh, so Backstrom is still obviously a, a candidate to and lead so the much league of in their production on any comes given season. play, too. Exactly. Oh, that whole team, it's crazy. Time, yeah. Um, but yeah, so Backstrom's my number seven and my number eight is Ryan Johansson. Um, and this is going to be, I, I've looked at other you know rankings and stuff throughout the offseason. Johansson is considerably lower across the board, um, but Daily Faceoff loves Ryan Johansson. I really just love the Predators this year. A full season. Last year was a weird season for him, right? The trade and everything. A full year with the Predators. A full year with Phil Forsberg and P.K. Subban and, you know, Roman Yossi. Got James Neal there, too. That's just going to be a good team. And we saw two years ago how good Johansson can be. Uh, I, if, if, at the very least, I see him returning to the 70-point player he was two years ago with upside for more. Evgeny Malkin comes in at nine. Um, we've, you guys have already mentioned it. Serious durability concerns, but he is still probably one of the best point-per-game players in the NHL. But mm-hmm. he's missed 26.2% of the Penguins games over the last four years. So we're talking over a quarter of the year, he's not even in your fantasy lineup, which is troubling. Um, so, But he's got a clean bill right now. Yeah, for sure. It's but true. he's still a guy that you can – you're going to get – he's a steal, right? Because yes. where he's going to get drafted likely is right. – Still going to be in line with how many points the players right. around him are going to put up, and he could play 82 games yeah. and lead the league in points. 
No, definitely. Easily. Like I think the stigma has definitely surpassed reality at this point, and we see that a lot in fantasy. Like, there's always a guy who, like, oh, who's one guy that you you don't want to draft, you're not going to touch? And really, like, the answer should be no one because everyone gets the point where at some point in the draft the, they They're become, undervalued. like, worth the value. Exactly. No matter yeah. how, like, overrated they might be, if they're slipping, like, everyone has a breaking point. Even and, Nick Foligno last year, like, a lot of people saw that regression yeah. coming, but at some point yeah. in the draft it's like, oh, you shit, have Nick Foligno here. Nick Foligno, yeah. Can yeah. still be a decent pick. Right. Uh, let me wrap up my uh, my top ten with Ryan Getzlaff. Like I, we already mentioned all of his numbers. Um, to be honest, I don't like the Ducks. Uh, I actually just wrote my I started my season preview with the Ducks the other day, and I have them missing the playoffs Actually. this year. I don't like the Ducks. They um, are not the deep team that they have been in the past. Offensively, you know, their the group of forwards is a lot weaker than it usually is, but Ryan Getzlaff is still Getzlaff and Corey Perry is still gonna be playing with them. So that line's still gonna produce. Their power play is still gonna be solid because they got a lot of good defensemen there. So Getzlaff's my number ten. But boys, let's go to a break here, and then when we get back, we're gonna look at our top breakout centers, our top sleeper centers, our bust at center, and our top rookie centers. And of course, we're gonna to get to your Twitter question. So enjoy the blue stones. We'll see you back here in a minute. Daily Faceoff Podcast, preseason edition. I'm Dylan Berthium, your favorite co-host. Uh, we're in the midst of breaking down and previewing the best and worst the <laughs> NHL has to offer at the center position for the 2016-17 NHL season. We've given you our top 10s. Now we're going to move on. Each look at one guy we're really looking to target uh, that didn't necessarily crack our top 10s, uh, respectively speaking. So we'll start with you, Biebs. Who you got? Um, I went kind of deep for this one. Went... Really deep, actually. I, um, and if we're looking at Brock's draft kit, which I hope some of you will be while you're listening, I have uh, he's number 33 on there, and it's uh, it's Brian Little, um, center for number 33 at the position. Yeah, 33 at the position in the league. He's probably like probably got him in like the 70 pluses, but um, that's just a guess. But yeah, Brian Little from Winnipeg. Um, Brian Little kind of had an off year last year. He only participated in 57 games, which is kind of different for him. He's normally one of those guys who can get at there. least uh, 75, 80 games a year. Um, but he's still a stud. He's only 28 years old. He's probably, I mean, Shifley's taking that step up, but I do still like Little as the guy to, to, to have in Washington at the center position. Winnipeg. Sorry, Winnipeg. Yeah, same W, right? But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I like him. And now I really like Wheeler stepping in there. I like the addition of Line A. It's going to be an absolutely disgusting power play, and I see him kind of, um, kind of boosting up in that range. I just, I don't know, for the 33-ranked center, um, I, no, I, I just like him higher than that. Um, yeah. I wouldn't say totally, you know, jump and get this guy at number 10 center-wise, but um, but I definitely see him a little bit higher than he should be there. Um, the kit projects him at 56 and 74. Um, his career year is 64 and 82, and that was just a couple years ago. I could see him more going back to the 64-point range. Um, 
and and uh, maybe seeing I mean his assists spike a little bit because of that power play production. He's obviously not going to be the shooter there, but he will be the guy looking to um, to feed the bodies that are looking to shoot, such as Line A, such as uh, Blake Wheeler. So that's my um, guy to grab outside of the top the, ten. The one, and he is actually such a good. Like he, you could have even used him in the sleeper category because yeah. right now his average draft position on Yahoo is the nineteenth round. That's like which is like far. not even like a thing that doesn't far. even like exist normally. Yeah, but yeah, I do. I have him projected uh, to have twenty three goals, thirty three assists this season, which obviously isn't the same production that we've seen a couple years ago. Uh, we probably won't see him obviously playing with Andrew Ladd, who's now in Brooklyn. Uh, Shifley <laughs> will probably play with Wheeler more often than not, but you're right. There's a lot of guys still left for uh, Little to play with. And look, you're going to be drafting him as a potential number four center on your fantasy team. And he has uh, way more upside than a number four center. It's consistent. His yeah. average draft position, like I mentioned, was 167 on Yahoo. I have him ranked 128th overall. So, again, you're looking at him right in that mid-50s point range as long as he can stay healthy. And, um, you know, as a, as a number three, number four center, I like that pick. Uh, D, we'll go back to you now. Who is your center that you must have outside of your top ten? Uh, one guy, we already talked about him. He cracked your top ten. One of your faves, Brock, Ryan Johansson was just outside of my top 10 actually for the position. But the reason really is like his ADP right now in Yahoo is just way too low. It's at about 80 in Yahoo leagues. They're trying to make me look um, silly. I I've, I wish I wrote down some of the names he's going behind, but it's kind of absurd. He's topped 45 assists, two consecutive seasons, shot just a measly 7.5% last year. Uh, we know he's capable of putting the puck in the net a little more often. We saw him drop 33 goals in 2013-14. I think he's playing on a team that, like you said, Brock, really only got better this offseason, and I expect those changes yeah, to be Yeah, he's going right now 75th overall, like you mentioned, which is a like seventh round. Um, yeah, some of yeah. the names he's going behind are a little suspect. But what are you going to do? I love Johansson. Um, I was actually looking at it during the break at my draft gate last year, and I had him rated as the number 10th center. And despite a off season, he actually moved from number 10 to <laughs> number 8. Um, but I think part of that has to do with I, I have uh, Joe Pavelski now ranked as a right winger versus a center. Um, and some guys took a step down versus a step up. Uh, but Johansson's just, he's such a big body, plays with such a good team. Such a, Forsberg's arguably one of the best wingers in the NHL right now. Um, he's just going to have such a good year. I love Ryan Johansson. Uh, but my guy to have on draft day... Um, and last year, honestly, I can only hope that my breakouts for 2016-17 are as good as my breakouts for 2015-16 because, oh my God, boys, did I hit the nail on the head with that one last year. I was so on point, it wasn't even funny. Like, Let's just say Jonathan Huberto, breakout. Evgeny Kuznetsov, breakout. Alex Galchenyuk, breakout. Alexander Barkov, Breakout! Oh my God, so on point. It's not even funny. Uh, but you're like roster baiting, but like oh, your, your article. Oh I'm just trying to sell draft kits, yeah, bro. Just trying to, just trying to, just trying to sell some draft kits. Uh, but Barkoff, we saw Barkoff breakout last year uh, to a certain extent. Um, 59 points. The one concern with this kid is um, still he's got. Some serious injury risk. He's missed a lot of time these last couple of years. 
Um, but Alexander Sasha Barkov is going to crack 60 points with 70-point upside. Obviously, uh, he showed great chemistry last year with Jonathan Huberto and the ageless wonder Yarmer Yager. That group will be back together this year. Uh, he has... Like, he's almost a lock for 30-30 as long as he can stay healthy. And if he can stay healthy and play a full 82 games, kind of like we were saying about Evgeny Malkin earlier, um, the upside is massive. Uh, so Alexander Barkov not going to be a top 10 center um, on draft day, but he could certainly be found there uh, towards season's end. So that's the guy I want. Beebs, we'll go back to you. Who's your top breakout center uh, for 2016-17? Worked out really good because we're just going to keep talking about the same person and mm. flow into it. Um, I have Alex Barkov. Nice. Alexander Sasha Barkov. Sasha. Um, I have him as my breakout center. And uh, one thing that brought – I'm stealing this from your mouth when we were talking about it earlier. But what he said is, you know, a breakout isn't necessarily um, – you know, a 10-point game could be considered a breakout. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I'm, ex- what I'm expecting from Barkov. He obviously had a great year last year. Um He's getting better. He's one of those guys where they've put some amazing pieces around him. That oh, team yeah. is, I was looking at Love that depth them. chart. That's a that's a sexy depth chart. Oh, there you go. Sexy Panther depth chart. Um, but yeah, I definitely so like him sexy. leading it all as the uh, as the starting center out there. I see him being a total breakout, a guy who, you know, maybe you can get a little bit later in the center position, and he might just, as you mentioned, might hit that 70-point barrier, and if he does, which I wouldn't be surprised, I consider that a total breakout season for Barkov. Well, yeah, because the way I look at a breakout is a guy that's not necessarily, like, he might have already enjoyed a breakout year, but he's just, you know, he broke out as a number two center, and now we're looking for him to break out as a number yeah. one fantasy center, because you're going to draft him as a number one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. moving up the draft board. guy move up. Not necessarily, a sleeper is a guy I like to target later in the draft. Yeah. That's a, a sleeper and a breakout to me are two different things. And I really like him as yeah, a breakout. Barkov's great. I mean, I'm also super biased. I had him in three leagues last year. And mm-hmm. I reaped every single benefit Absolutely. that I could. Other than the injury bug. Other than the injury bug, but it was worth the wait when it all came around to, yeah. uh, to kind of, you know, in the end of the year. And you had him when you needed him when the playoffs came around in fantasy mm-hmm. hockey, and that's really, you know, it's a lot. That matters. 28 goals and 31 assists in 66 games. I'll take that last year. It's only going to be better this year. Yep, I hope so. D, who's your top breakout center? Uh, I got Jack Eichel. My boy. Uh, honestly, there's not a lot to say here. Like he had a very solid and under the radar rookie season a Not year a ago. Bad team. Uh, relatively speaking to some of the other guys that are out there. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm saying. So he dropped 24 goals, 32 assists, while putting up 238 shots, which led all rookies. Uh, shot like a respectable 10%, which you know definitely could uh, some room to grow in that respect. There's a lot of numbers to like there, and uh, yeah, like like I said, he just seems to be progressing as the Sabres imagined and I don't think it's a stretch at all to say this guy can top 70 no yeah and I know you guys kind of laughed and scoffed at my McDavid projection but I agree with you completely Eichel uh an absolute stud how often did you turn on SportsCenter in the morning and he had a highlight real play like he kid is crazy talented yeah and another guy that got off to a a pretty slow start too right Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah, I, I have him projected did. for 30 goals, 43 assists, 73 points. I have him ranked as my number 12 center, uh, Jack Eichel. And you know what? The one thing you can say about Eichel is the Sabres look a lot better this year than they did last year. That's going to be a good team. I mean, you know, you add the likes of Kyle Ocposo to the mix. Could be on Eichel's wing. Um, and then even just the kind of the development of Sam Reinhardt last year. He's, he could be on Eichel's wing. The return of Tyler Ennis, who was hurt all year last year. like Or, you know, even an Evander, a half-decent Evander Kane. There's a lot of weapons around Eichel. 
Uh, as an improving Buffalo team, and Eichel's only going to be better this year than he was last. I wish he would have got Jimmy BC or Bessie. Oh, that would have been crazy. Sit next to him and be superstars together. Uh, <laughs> I guess we we may have talked about this a little too much, this guy, but my top breakout center is uh, Ryan Johansson. <laughs> but okay, so we can just move on. Then. Yeah, I mean, like, again, this last year was his was a down year. Two year, it's going to be like a re breakout. You know, again, like I said, every, yeah, no, yeah, every, ter- like, every like, turn like is seventy saying. points. He's going to drop on draft boards. What did you just say? He was. 75th overall or something 75th, now and yeah. I obviously have him in my top 10 center so he's gonna blow those expectations away but we've talked about him uh, enough this this is gonna be like episode 31 Ryan Johansson, Ryan Johansson <laughs> but Ryan uh D we'll go we'll go right back to you we'll skip beeps here for a second change it up a bit who's your top sleeper center heading into 2016-17 all right so when I'm looking to add about probably my fifth center at the time towards the end of the draft, one guy I'm looking to target is Mika Zibinijad. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the newest New York Rangers. Ranked 180 on Yahoo right now. Uh, moved to New York this offseason after – or last season, right? No, this offseason, off yeah. Oh, you got yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm right. I shouldn't doubt myself. Anyway, <laughs> uh, moved to New York after being one of the better possession players on Ottawa over the last few seasons. Uh, really was just second to Carlson over that span, which, you know, so is the whole league. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's solid in his own end, should see plenty of ice time. Clear-cut number two center on a Rangers team that still has a lot of skill in its top six that I think a lot of people are kind of sleeping on. Well, it's like, yeah, um, it's just like a weird, like, their team is so weird because, like, a guy will, like, overperform one year, Rick Nash, and then underperform the next year, Rick Nash. And it's, <laughs> it, it kind of seems to just be this, the trend. They, like, they have, like... The, the addition of Vessi too, and then like the emergence of JT Miller, like it is a, a even like last year's Kevin Hayes was a disappointment. He's a guy that could take a step forward this year. Like they have a guy, they have a team that has literally yeah. eight players that could be top six forwards. Kevin, the right? Dad. That's what I mean. There's just a lot of skill on that team, and if he plays well, I can definitely even uh, see him battling for the number one uh, spot on that depth chart with Stepan. Uh, I don't necessarily think super high of him. I think you can comfortably peg Zabinijad at about 55 to 60 points this year and just returning great value for where he's been getting drafted. Like I said, his ADP right now is actually one, about 170, hovering around the 15th and 16th rounds, which is kind of absurd. Yeah. So. And, like, you know, last year was kind of his breakout, and then I think that the move yeah. only helps him uh, improve on last year's numbers. Last year he had 51 points. I actually have him projected for 23 goals, 35 assists, 58 points this year. Um, and he comes in as go. my number 30 center, so uh, significantly higher um, than where he's being drafted on Yahoo right now. And uh, I actually have Derek Stepan only ranked as the 28th center, so just barely above Zabinijad, which kind of yeah. leads to your, you know, what you're saying about him potentially uh, taking over as the number one center in New York, which is entirely right. possible. Um, but even if he doesn't, that top six is going to be dirty this year, and either way, uh, Zibanejad should have a good year and has a chance to crack 60 points. Uh, but let's go back to you, Beeps. Who is your sleeper center? My sleeper center, he's a guy who I've kind of been huge on. I mentioned him last year as kind of a free agent pickup at one point because I just loved uh, the way he was putting the puck in the net. Um, kind of a guy who a lot of people are going to be like, huh, who's that? Huh? Um, number 50 on your list, on the centers, it's Victor Rask of Carolina. 
Yes, they, they still have a team. Um, he's going to be, as of right now, probably their number one center, I'd say. Apart from I mean, the way he was well, it's a, the, in that position last The year. way their depth chart kind of shakes out is weird because their first line realistically is anchored by Jordan Stoll, but it's like a shutdown slash goal scoring line. Yeah, with, anchored is a pretty appropriate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah absolutely <laughs> slow the hell down. Like, right you know, like he, he's he's for sure going to start the year with Joachim Nordstrom and Andre Nestrosil. And, like, they were actually very effective as a shutdown and offensive role. But, like, that is... You made those names up, right? Yeah, like, those are that. players? No, I'm just kidding. One of them was <laughs> dropped by Detroit. He's now a number one right winger Yeah, in Carolina. But anyway, so, yeah. He, so, offensively, he'll probably play... A number one Victor, right Victor, <laughs> yeah. Victor <laughs> Ask will... We'll definitely play with his buddy Jeff Skinner, which I guess yeah. is does the, like Elias the, Lindholm too a lot. Yeah, and that's their top, uh, probably their top offensive line in Carolina. But I'll let you continue with some more Victor Rask love. Yeah, no, Victor Rask, he's one of those guys who he just scores goals. And as you guys know, I enjoy goals, or I seem to, a little bit more than I should. Um, Victor Rask last year, he, he kind of had a little bit of a breakout year. He got 48 points. That's, mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's rosterable, which, which I like. Um, and this year, uh, he had 21 goals, actually, which I, I don't know if I mentioned that. But that, that's a good amount. Um, and I, I just see him kind of stepping up. He's a young kid. He's only 23 years old. He's still just waiting to break out. And I think, you know, like we said, Stahl, we laughed at Stahl being a first-line center. So it's hmm. basically just waiting to be taken from him. Victor Ask, um, he is in that second, that second center role, but he's in that first scoring center role, yep. as you mentioned. His line, um, he really has connected with Elias Lindholm. I actually kind of wa- like watching that. Those guys do power play stuff because you don't expect much, and then <laughs> power play do stuff. So I like Victor Rask. Um, basically, the reason why I like him is because he's you. If you've drafted forty nine centers in front of him, this guy's pretty good. Yep, he's a number one center. It's like when you're playing fantasy football and there's a number one wide receiver versus a number three wide receiver on a team. You might just take that number one because he's going to get those. He's going to get the action. Yeah, I think that's going to happen with Victor Rask. So that's why I have him there. Um, yeah, so my Victor Ask love is over. <laughs> no, Victor Ask definitely has, uh, I mean, as much upside as Jeff Skinner does, right? Like, like he'll go as Jeff Skinner kind of goes. Um, Skinner's the offensive catalyst of that team. Uh, but they do have a lot of nice pieces kind of coming up through the rank. I mean, they just got uh, Tuvo Teravainen, Sebastian Aho, who we saw uh, for Team Finland in the World Juniors last year, is expected to make the team this year. So it's slowly but surely is a team that's improving offensively and victor rask is he I was mean, always my sleeper DraftKings guy whenever we do our thing and oh I, yeah. super low on money you have like three thousand dollars or whatever left and you just grab victor rask to close out your center so that's why I kinda the like one it. thing too about rask is he led all well after eric Stahl was traded but he led all hurricanes forwards in power play time last year which is uh Studly. clearly key when you're looking um out of fantasy sleeper forward, but let's go back. Wait, do you did you give us your sleeper already? Yeah, Mika. oh Mika. Oh yeah, I switched it up and I messed with my head. Yeah, you totally uh, messed with mine as well. But uh, but my sleeper is Kyle Turris. Now this is a guy that we we kind of saw just like fall off the map last year because of injury and stuff. Um, and then he's actually being drafted lower than Zabanajad um, on Yahoo leagues right now, despite Zabanajad being traded and Turris now moving back up and being the number one center. In Ottawa, uh, whenever you have Eric Carlson on your team, team is expected to produce a decent amount of offense. But we saw him go from a guy who had his last two, sorry, two years ago, he had 58 points in 82 games. Then he had 64 points in 82 games. 
And those were the first games. Then last year, he sorry, last year he missed a bunch of games. Only had 30 points in 57 games. But those were the first games he had missed in uh, in three years in Ottawa. So all of a sudden he gets injured, and people forget about him. So now you're going to be able to draft him as a fourth, fifth center, and he's going to you know drastically outproduce uh, his draft stock. We've got. You know, Mark Stone, Mike Hoffman, Bobby Ryan, Eric Carlson in Ottawa. So Carl or so Turris becomes a definite pickup uh, late in drafts. But D, let's go back to you with we've mm-hmm. given you breakouts, we've given you but our sleepers. Let's Who's get, your bust? Let's get everybody's busty. favorite time. Who's the bust? Who is gonna be shit this year? Not shit, but shit compared to his average draft position. Someone I definitely believe uh, won't be able to outvalue their average draft position right now is Braden Shen. Um, I think eventually last year will probably be looked at as a bit of an outlier for him. He shot 14.6%, a career high, which helped him score 26 goals on just 178 shots. Uh, He doesn't get a whole ton of assists, and I think... uh, in my opinion, his shot production needs to continue to improve for this to at all be considered sustainable, and I have my sincere doubts in that regards. I expect a drop back into the 45-point range we're more used to seeing from Shen. Yeah, no, absolutely. I kind of agree. I think he's one of those guys where he caught that, you know, the hot bug, and he kind of just wrote it out, yeah. it seemed like, because no one was having a better second half of the year than Braden Shen, and that sounds ridiculous yeah. to say, but um, no, I'm kind of on the same page. I think that kind of makes people overvalue him. It's kind of like when a guy... Um, in his contract year, has a sweet last 20 games, and they give him a $5 million contract because of it. That's just kind of what it seems like. Mm-hmm. So, um, no, I, I totally agree with the Shen pick. It's funny because I actually like Braden Shen going into this year, but I can definitely see where you'd be coming from. Uh, 15 points in his 30, first 34 games last year, and then, yeah, finished with just a ridiculous 44 points in his final fit 46 games. So, um, I don't expect, obviously, that that's like some Connor McDavid type project production. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I have I have Shen kind of. I think it'll just balance out for Shen. It won't be such a bad first half, and it won't be such a hot second half. It'll be somewhere in the middle, which will still probably have him fall somewhere in that fifty point range. But um, somebody who my only thing was, um, you know, he's getting drafted. Yes, exactly. At about ninety. Yeah. Which around 90 really so like sixth early. sixth round sixth seventh round um so i think at that position a lot of people are expecting him to to still build on what he did last year and you know top 60 points this year he had 59 last year and yeah i just don't really see that happening so yeah i have him right like, yeah I, I think it's gonna be a challenge just to get back there so we'll see i, I could definitely be wrong but yeah I, I mean like i i like shen but it it, it honestly it has more to do with just Philadelphia. His usage is impressive, and that's a good team. Um, so that's the only reason. I just feel like he has he has all the ability, and he has kind of – like they're using him in a, in a way in which he can produce the way it's expected to be this year. But he, I could easily see him all of a sudden this year at 44, 45 points and being a yeah. huge bust. Uh, but Biebs, how about you? Who do you got busting this year? Um, my bust is bust. That I have is uh, I got Derek Stefan, and it kind of feeds off of what D was saying earlier about Mika nice. Zvinijad um, becoming a, a breakout center. And um, I think if Zvinijad, which I agree with D, I it's like you guys planned this, but you didn't. I know. And nice. the funny thing is, last year when we were doing the podcast, we lived together, and now we don't, and we have a better <laughs> connection now. I don't, I, don't know, I don't know what this is about. But um, but yeah, Mika Zvinijad, I see him taking over that top center job. And uh, Derek Stefan, I mean, he's one of those guys where. 
I would rip on him every year, and he shows up. So it just makes sense for this to happen. Um, Brock, you have, you have him projected for 20 goals, 41 assists, I believe, for a total of 61. Um, I just don't see him hitting that 60 window. Maybe you don't like my projection? I, uh, I mean, I love your projections every single one of them. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, this one, this is one of the busts that I have as, um, as kind of a guy who's going to, you know, he might start the year as a number one center in that team, but he's not going to end the year as a number one center. So um, for this one, I'd say... Stay away from Stefan. Go towards D's boy, Mika Zvinijad. Sorry, that didn't come out soon. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Derek Stefan's my, my, my busty. My, the one thing busty. I like about Stefan is that he's just been consistent every year. Consistent, yeah. consistent. And there's there's something to say about consistency in fantasy hockey. He's uh, You actually have him projected for a career high. A career high. Yeah. Well, that's because his, in his early years, he never missed time and he put up nice points. And then now he's putting up the same amount of points as he did earlier in his career, but he's missing he games. Time. So if he plays all the games like he did earlier in his career, oh. mathematically, oh. as long as Mika Zibanejad doesn't take over, makes sense. Yes. But, hey, if Zibanejad has the guy there, then he's the guy there. Um, and then now my bust is a little bit, <laughs> a little bit different. Now, last year, I... I had Joe Thornton rated higher than any uh, anybody else, and I drafted Joe Thornton as high as I had him rated because he's unreal. He's Joe Thornton, and he went out to have a year of all years. Just a he, Joe Thornton. Oh, just year. he was just it was just so vintage. Joe. As the beard grew, so did his numbers. Yeah, it was <laughs> such a vintage Joe Thornton year. It wasn't even funny. Like if you were like, "Yo, what is Joe Thornton's like?" vintage year look like it was last year 19 and 63 that's ideal that is so joe thorne it's not even funny but it was the first time that he had been a point per game player since 2009 2010 um and now this is just the the reason he's a bust for me is where he will likely get drafted in a lot of drafts right now his average draft position is actually fourth or fifth round on yahoo which is perfect if you get him in the fourth or fifth round he's perfect if you reach yeah. in the second or third because of what he yeah, did if he's last your year, one center, you can't. It can't happen. Ugh. It can't happen. So, just be smart on draft day. Joe Thornton's the man. The beard is yeah. great, but do, he won't miss a lot of time. He'll be there all year. But do not take just, him in the second. Do not just take count him on him being closer to sixty points no, than eighty. Not points. even sixty. Like yeah, like high sixties, seventies even. But like nineteen goals, sixty three assists. Like come on, this is. That's what I'm saying. Like he's gonna have a hard time getting back to either 19 goals or 60 assists, let alone both, right? So, oh, like yeah. definitely, um, definitely a guy that's worth owning. I have him at 15 goals, 59 assists, falling just short at 60 mark. But that's just that's yeah. which is still like just mad Joe Thornton. No, respect. I wouldn't be. I think the assists are fine. I just think goals wise, he'll probably be closer to 10. Yeah. But, well, yeah, I mean, his last three years, 11, 16, 19. So he's still, yeah. he's still well, scoring. So yeah. The, the reason, the reason that you can love Joe Thornton still is because of Joe Pavelski. One of the best goal, they, you know, they go, they go side by side every to. year. And he's one of the best playmakers in the NHL, playing with one of the best goal scorers. It's just magic, right? But mm-hmm. uh, now we'll quickly, we, we already did a, a rookie's um episode but let's i just want to talk about who the best rookie center besides austin matthews is and if you think that this guy's going to be better than austin matthews please share d i know you don't think this so we'll start with you <laughs> uh i went will Nealon oh here. my goodness and 
It's not even that big of a troll pick. There's maybe like Dylan Stroms, the one guy I seriously overlooked in making this selection. I would agree with that. Um, Nylander's, what Nylander's done at the AHL the last couple of years is almost unprecedented. Uh, and I think a lot of people are sleeping on him with Marner and Matthews both coming in this year as well, most likely. Um, so yeah, you know, I'm, I'm still not sure if Nylander will be fantasy relevant. I think he'll probably be right on the border. But it's always, always hard to tell with rookies. So okay, so there you go. The, the real reason, the real reason why I did not mention um, William Nylander here was because I have him ranked as a uh, as a right winger because it's likely where he'll end up being this year, I think. Um, but I, I but he does have eligibility. But yeah, no, yeah, he's like on Yahoo, but like I, he's just expected to kind of play on the right, right wing. Uh, so sure. I actually have not Nylander, uh, 20 goals, 26 assists for 46 points. That's fantasy relevant. Which, yeah, it, it puts him, well, especially in, like, the keeper. You know, he's going to go so early just because he's a Leaf. and he's. Oh, yeah, keeper league he definitely is. And then I actually have Strom at 44 points. So I actually have Nylander two points ahead of Strom, but I don't have him ranked as a, as a center. I have him as a right winger. But Well, there you go. Dylan Strom is my rookie after Austin Matthews. I think a lot of the rookies, it's, you know, Matthews is the only one that I can really project for breaking 50 points. Um, even line A, he's borderline there, but he's going to be goal heavy. Um, so he'll be, you know, he'll probably lead rookies in goals where Matthews will lead rookies in points. And then I have Dylan Strom coming in 15 goals, 29 assists. Um, there's a lot to like about Dylan Strom. You know, I just I'm kind of high on just the entire um, Coyotes team. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I again, I don't think they're going to be a, a playoff team by any stretch of the imagination. But um, Strom's last two years in Erie are just ridiculous. I mean, the one year he played with Connor McDavid had 129 points, and this past year and Connor Brown, yeah, <laughs> and then this past year, this past year he was obviously not playing with Connor McDavid and followed it up with 111 points. Uh, he's a big kid, you know, solid skater, tons of offensive ability, um, and then realistically, the reason I love Strom is because Arizona bought out Antoine Vermette and they just didn't do that for shits and giggles. They did that because Strom's coming up through the system and he's ready to be a, a top. A borderline top six forward likely will start the year um, as you know the right behind Martin Hansel as the Coyotes number two center which gives him a ton of upside so uh, I like Dylan Strom as my top fantasy well rookie, rookie center, center. Okay. I was like wow this is going um, I got you boss it's been a long show but since you guys went with uh, with the Nylander and Strom pick um, both great picks I, I would totally choose them both above my center but you know Gotta change it up a bit. It's a loud ass cicada. Yeah, there's something going on inside Brock's garage, which is terrifying. <laughs> is that what that yeah. was? I wasn't sure. Yeah. Was Everybody just again. just don't pay attention just, to the I'm cicada go in the above background. The cicada here. Um, and my my top. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I told you to shut up, and it did. Uh, my top rookie center is uh, kind of a name that you know you you haven't heard a lot for rookies because there were so many talented ones drafted and uh, so many in the draft before, such as Nylander and Strom. But it's Matthew Barzal out 
in New York or Brooklyn. I Brooklyn. Guess. The Islanders. Yeah, we got a <laughs> so hard to talk yeah. in the cicada right now. I know. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so out in uh, so and the reason I choose Matthew Barzell and uh, this totally depends on if he makes the team. Um, but if he does, he's one of those guys who can kind of step into one of those top six roles. Surprisingly, he was a 16th overall pick a couple years ago in 2015. He had 88 points in 55 games. Sorry, 58 games last year in the W. This guy's no joke. Um, no and, joke. Uh, I could see him being a guy like Anders Lee. You know, when John Tavares has no wingers, and they're like, who the hell do we put with John Tavares? Do we put that pylon, or do we put Matthew <laughs> Barzell? And if he gets that role, I think he's going to become totally fantasy relevant. But um, just kind of a guy to keep your eye out for. If he does crack that squad, yeah. um, someone who, you know, people people might be like, huh, who? He's not a big name, but he, uh, he soon will be, I hope. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's my breakout. He's your rookie. Rookie break. My rookie break. And I'm sorry, yeah. Sorry, it's Circada. It's all we can think about right now. But uh, that's it. It's all they can hear, that's too. All, yeah, oh, my God. I can't even I can't even imagine what that's going to sound like. I'd like to thank the Zicada for waiting for the for the last this, two minutes of the show. Yeah, this is up. the Daily Face Off podcast sponsored by the Cicada because that's the only <laughs> sponsor we got right now. Uh, but that's it for the first episode of the Positional Breakdowns <laughs> for the Daily Face Off podcast. Uh, we'll be coming back at you, hopefully, with two episodes per week now um, until the start of the regular season. Uh, keep an eye out for the positional breakdown for the left wingers coming at you next. Uh, I'm Brock Segan. To my left, we got Beebs Bondi. That's Beebs. In Brantford, we got Dylan D. Berthium. Enjoy the Blue Stones. And most of all, buy a fantasy hockey draft game from dailyfaceoff.com. Good night. <laughs> Peace out. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. 